Hi, and welcome to Zed Games. Recorded live at 4ZZZ Studios in Brisbane and broadcast nationally over the community radio network, Zed Games brings you the latest gaming news, reviews, and interviews from across Australia and around the world. Produced live at 4ZZZ Studios, you might be listening to us on 102.1 FM in Brisbane on Zed Digital or around the country on the community radio network. This is Zed Games. I'm Jack and I'm here with Ray. How are you going? Hey, very well. Thanks, Jack. We got a, it's definitely a show coming up. We don't have um, traditional news, traditional mm-hmm. reviews. So we're just kind of making it up as we go. Yeah. Just just free ball. Let's see what happens. Let's Totally th- unlike how we do the show normally. It's never, it's always it's it's professional radio is what yeah. we is all we do it's very tight it's very it's everything about it is perfect yes and this is going to be perfect in a different way yeah well <laughs> you hear a show like the new release show which we've just heard from five till six produced by chris cobcroft the master beautiful his show is so tight it's amazing it's it's incredible it's hard to follow honestly <laughs> and it's 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 a very highly produced show and we endeavor to have that sort of production here at Zed Games. That that level of difficult to keep up withness. Yeah, yeah. So listen over the next hour and see what happens. It's gonna fly. I mean, it's it's at this point, it's already flown off the rails. The the one thing when you walked into the studio was like, I want to talk about this, and it was Fortnite, mm-hmm. which is definitely not a sentence that anyone else has ever said in the history of video games ever. That's a joke. Everyone's talking about yeah. Fortnite. No one, they, no one can shut up talking about it. Well, it's um, a hot topic right now, not just uh, you know among gamers, but among the general population. People yeah. are are excited about it, or they're worried about it, or they hate it, or they're sick of it. There's a lot of there's a lot of angles. The I, we'll start with the first thing that you want to talk about, which was the fun PS4 Switch lockout situation. Yes. Um, the, the context there is that essentially PS4. If you've logged into your Epic account on a PlayStation Four playing Fortnite. You can't actually log into that same Epic account, which is third party, mm-hmm. on Switch. Yes. Why would people be angry about that, Ray? Why? A lot of reasons. <laughs> because people who play Fortnite play a lot of Fortnite. And as you play Fortnite, you accrue currency, which you use to buy uh, cosmetic stuff. Yeah. Like, you know, new moves, dance moves are popular. Yeah. Uh, clothing is popular. Skins for whatever things you got are popular. And when you're migrating to a new platform, uh, every other platform, it's fine. You can just log in using your Epic account, yep. and you've got all that stuff ready to go. If you're going from Xbox to Switch, or if you're playing from Android to yeah, you can iPhone, play on like it's it's like iPhone, PC, Xbox, um, all of those are definitely fine. Yeah. And then if you play on PS4, that immediately throws like a wrench in the works. Absolutely, and you can't pl- log into that same Epic account, which is third party on Switch, mm. and. Like Nintendo actually haven't said that they've reached out to Sony. Like they've they've taken a very hands off approach. Yes. Because um, I believe it was Reggie Fizme was interviewed on it was Fox Business recently, and they were like, hey, "So have you have you have you hit up Sony?" And they're like, "I'm I'm going to professionally dodge that question, of course." Yeah. Um, Look, it's great for everyone else apart from Sony because they get to sit back and be like, "We're not the bad guy. Sony is," because <sighs> Sony is the one like player in this scenario that's that's not playing with everyone else they've been dodging the question as well because sony i'm I'm not sure if any specific like sort of big wigs in sony computer entertainment have been asked the question uh sort of in the flesh like in video interviews at e3 or whatever else but all of the responses that we've gotten from sony are basically we're not going to acknowledge this problem while the entire internet is screaming that they want this to be fixed yeah it's it's kind of crappy (laughs) 
because we're kind of reaching an age where uh, a lot of developers want to have this um, this cross-platform sort of environment yeah. where people who love Rocket League can play against each other, whether they're on Xbox or PlayStation. Yeah. And uh, even Epic, it seems, the creators of Fortnite are willing to have this environment as well. The video game utopia, but, where it doesn't matter what you're playing and you can play with everyone all the time. Yeah, and it just really sucks that Sony is is put a stone wall up. And we have had, uh, while we have had no official word from Sony, we have mm. heard from the develop some developers that were at Sony. Yeah, formerly at Sony Online Entertainment. Yes, I think that's right. Uh, some of those guys have. Just had a little sneaky comment uh, Money. via Twitter behind Sony's back. Yeah, and they say that it's financially motivated, yep. which is, isn't surprising at all. No. But apparently the higher-ups at Sony just can't stand the idea of someone buying a skin on Xbox and then coming over to PlayStation and using that same skin. Um, it just doesn't appeal to them. Even though it's not a big deal at all, it just seems super greedy. The, there's a few things because uh, I guess a little bit more context the reason why Sony kind of is in a position where they can be so greedy is because they've sold like 70 million PS4s or something insane at this yeah. point and the competition you're looking at like 30 million Xbox Ones globally about 17 million Switches so mm-hmm. like if you go by numbers there are probably more people that are playing on just like PS4 or, or just PS4 on their phone or whatever yeah. and have could not care less it's just sort of this like enthusiast audience I feel that might be hanging out on like, um, like forums or whatever else mm-hmm. on IGN or GameSpot or, what- or whatever else that are active and like this is insane, this is ridiculous. People that will buy more than one console because that's we. I feel like I have to remind myself that that's not normal. Yeah, not everyone will have an Xbox and PS4 that's, and Switch. Like that's absolutely right. So right. a lot of people do have PlayStation fours, and unfortunately, it seems that. Whenever you have a company that has a monopoly on something, yeah. uh, customer goodwill is, is something that just disappears on their end. Uh, you see, like Microsoft, who are who have been chasing Sony in sales for you know this generation yeah. for the next Since last the, 2013, years. yeah, yeah, and you see them like sort of bending over backwards to make everyone happy, um, doing all of these really customer friendly policies. Yeah, uh, like Xbox Play Anywhere, Xbox Game Pass, Xbox One S and X. Yeah, the and backwards compatibility backwards thing compa- that they've yeah. been doing. Um, so they've been really great this gen. Um, and Sony, it just seems happy to sit at the top and laugh <laughs> on their pile and, of and money. And be like, "Oh, you want you want a bone, do you? <laughs> oh, that's that's funny. No, maybe maybe just purchase <laughs> PlayStation now, and maybe we'll chuck a sidewards glance at you and, yeah. and see if we feel up to it. But here's the thing, like Fortnite is becoming such a phenomenon mm. now. I mean, they've got 40 million players yeah. across all platforms, and that's that's a force to be reckoned with. That's a lot of of people who could potentially be angry at Sony, you'd, and I think they've got to take that into consideration now. You'd almost think that Epic would, ha- would be in a position where they could leverage their status to try and combat the problem. I'm sure they're in, in a dialogue with Sony right now. <laughs> I hope so. I hope so. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see, we'll see what comes to that. But right now, you know, Sony... Are, are, pretty much being the bad guys yeah yeah well they just they just being the, the money bags mm. that's all it is but let's move on to the second the second thing yes which about is Fortnite, which is the moral outrage uh it's, that it's rotting your kids brains we're experiencing no. right now thanks today yeah i mean like whenever any game becomes popular we see it in the mainstream media once once the the people that make those television morning TV shows and the yeah, afternoon like TV GTA shows, yeah, GTA has come up in the news like enough times, and yeah, yeah, yeah they, you know, you start seeing these these anti Fortnite stories now, and um, 
I don't know. We've seen it a lot before in the past. It's nothing new. No. Uh, for example, even just last year with Pokemon Go, a lot of backlash. Yeah. And, you know, to be fair, people were like walking off cliffs while they had the Pokemon Go app open. <laughs> Which is... So that's like that, an that's actually a, that's legitimate a, that's concern. That's an actual problem. Maybe fix that. Yeah. But Fortnite isn't really like... The thing that I'm seeing people latch onto, like mainstream media outlets, is that there are a lot of people playing it and then just trying to spin that into a negative story. Mm-hmm. Yeah, with well, no with no grounds to do that on. Well, there's the thing where the game is itself; it's based on conflict. You know, it's people who are fighting each other. Yeah. and then there's the sort of because the game is such a high quality and because it has that Moorish sort of yeah. feeling, like you just want to keep playing. Uh, people are concerned about the amount of time that is being wasted by their children or their friends. So it's not so much they're concerned with what Fortnite does in particular, it's just the fact that Fortnite is just, it's, again, it, it's being played so much. Yeah. That's what it's coming down to. Yeah, I mean, it's not like Grand Theft Auto where you could look at that game as an outsider and be like, yeah. okay, what 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 morals are these sort of why instilling I, in people? Why am I paying a hooker and then getting services from uh, said hooker and then killing it? Yeah. Like, that's that's a problem. Yeah, like Fortnite the- <laughs> doesn't necessarily have those same cultural society related yeah. like commentary issues, I guess. I mean, it's just basically like the cast from Frozen jumping around a, a green wonderland, uh, shooting each other with with Nerf cannons. You're painting a picture in my head, Ray. This is inc- <laughs> the cast of Frozen. <laughs> It just just gets really, really wacky I mean, and weird. I mean, if you pay for enough microtransactions, you probably get to that yeah. stage. I imagine. Yeah. So look, I mean. It it is sad to see that the the mainstream media are attacking these things, but I mm. think you know next month it'll be Pokemon again. Uh, next year it's going to be Red Dead Redemption. I mean, it's nothing. New. I mean, this year it's going to be Red Dead Redemption. Yeah, yeah. Hopefully, Red Red Dead. It's not going to be delayed. It might be delayed again. Red Dead, Blops Four. What are the other big games coming out later? Oh uh, yeah, there's there's heaps. I feel like it's just it's just those two. <laughs> Su- Super Mario, Assassin's Creed, Odyssey. Mm. That beautiful, beautiful. Have game. you ever played a game to the point where you have to stop yourself and wonder, hey, am I am I playing too much? Is this becoming a problem? It gets for- fortunately within a sh- like the scope of a short time frame. So yes, um, the the most recent one I can recall is Rocket League. When that came out, I was very, very involved with that game for about two or three weeks, and I would get quite intense. I would be like, I've got to get home, got to play more like Rocket League. Always, I was really, really into it when it came out. Um, but that really only lasted a few weeks, because then I got distracted by some other game, I guess. So I haven't been affected to that extent negatively by games mm. like there's been a lot of since the mainstream media has been sort of spinning a negative story about like how Fortnite and games like that can kind of affect your life negatively and there's been um i think the world health organization has been like we're going to define video game addiction that's been mm. a fun topic that's come up recently there's been a lot of of discussion within sort of video game industry circles that i've seen about like what positive change has video games brought to your life and i mean from our perspective, a radio show for a start. Mm-hmm. Like we've got this. This is a pretty good place to be because of video games. So um, I don't think that it necessarily needs. Like we need to approach these topics seriously. Like take them seriously. And if there are genuine concerns about how it's affecting your health, then that yeah. needs to be something that, look, that, that needs to be looked into. But I think the uh, social aspects of games is something that really isn't discussed. 
represented in a positive way in, in mainstream media. It always comes back to like Fortnite. You're spending a lot of time in it. How much damage is that doing to your kids? When the story could be, you're spending a lot of time in it, you might be pursuing opportunities for social interaction that otherwise wouldn't be possible mm. if you're not in the same room, country, you know, like if, if you don't, if, if timetables are difficult or whatever else, right? Yeah. Like, just just make, it, make this story a little bit better, a little bit more positive. That's true. I, I don't think it's as much of a black and white issue as, as a lot of people think it is. Mm. Uh, it's not the fact that, you know, video games are bad, okay? It's more like everything's bad in, if you don't use moderation. Yeah. You know? I mean, if your child is addicted to academic excellence, that's that's great. That's fantastic. If your kid's addicted to Fortnite, that's not as good. Well, it depends on the, the like, how addicted, right? Yeah. Like, it's the magnitude that you need to be looking into. But even academic excellence can be harmful. Yeah, that, um, can, that can affect you know, your social... Well, it can be. What if you went through life and you didn't make a single friend? Would that be bad? Yes, I say. <laughs> <laughs> this is groundbreaking social commentary that you've got here, right? Jesus Christ. Just my opinion, man. Oh, my God. Uh, you're listening to Zed Games. I just got back from Japan, and I bought a bunch of anime like soundtrack CDs, which is fun. Yeah. Um, Did you have a good time over there? I had a really good time over there. Because you're such a weeb. Is it like paradise? Oh. Is it like returning to, I don't know, Mecca or something? Okay. Or weebs? <laughs> returning to the motherland, yeah. <laughs> um, I, there were definitely moments of that, um, but it, it, at the same time, it felt kind of overwhelming sometimes. Um, Akihabara and Nakano Broadway, which were the, the sort of two big, um, I guess, nerd meccas. Mm. Uh, th- I went to Akihabara twice and I spent almost an entire day in Nakano Broadway. And um, like it, it got to a certain stage where I felt out of my depth as someone who has been playing games and watching anime and like doing nerd stuff for most of their life. Um I felt like I wasn't completely on the level with everything else that was happening right. there because Japan can be very much in its own kind of bubble. Um, as far as a lot of the games and a lot of the, the culture over there, we don't see, like, we see stuff like Persona and Final Fantasy, but it's, we don't see as much as what they have on offer because mm-hmm. not everything gets localized and whatever else. So, um, you know, it was a lot to keep up with, but I ended up buying way too much stuff, like stuff that I can't even play here because it's region locked. Yeah. Like I found some. Oh, secondhand stores are dangerous. If you're going to go to Japan, secondhand stores are so dangerous because you just see something. You're like, 200 yen. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, I got like PSP games for like 200 yen. I got 360 special editions for like 500 yen. Okay. And these are not like um, stuff that you might see in like uh, like a games retailer here. Absolutely right, secondhand. Not. And like you expect secondhand to be kind of like a little bit beaten up. Did you venture into any like... Uh, gaming retail stores that weren't secondhand shops, like they're yes. the equivalent of EB or what JB's or I don't whatever. even know if they have something like on the same level as that. Because mm. when you think about gaming retail, it really is like those two stores uh-huh. in Australia. Over there, there were just so many different stores that I went to, and none of them were under the one brand. Right. Um, like some of them were, I believe Trader was one that had like multiple stores around the Tokyo area. Yeah. But um, I yeah. noticed. Uh, here in Australia, mm. um, you can't get PS Vita games yes. anymore. You can't get PSP games. Yes. You can still kind of get Nintendo DS games, yeah. but they're not really. And Xbox 360 and 
PlayStation 3, you see a bunch of them in like the, the used pile yeah. up the back. Uh, but in Japan, how is it? Is it the same as here or is it it's different? In, it's, it's so different. Like there are special edition, like older PS3s that they have, like P- so many PS2s and PS1s. Like we found a Dreamcast for 20 bucks. I bought a DS Lite for 15 like it's 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 ridiculous and the the amount of games they have on offer most of it there's nothing for me to really like as, as far as the older stuff if you go back to like Super Nintendo and and PS1 in particular PS1 and PS2 there's a lot of weird weeb stuff that never made the jump over to western regions um a lot of uh visual novels and dating sims mm. I found which I was rather frustrated about because I always love eating that stuff up um but yeah like they they still have I'm not sure if it's new, but they have of like so many PS1 games and PS2 games, PSP, Vita stuff on right, like Dreamcast. So they're still selling DS. all of those those games. I got like a pile of Game Boy Advance games that were still in shrink wrap. Like it's it's insane. I heard that the Xbox 360 just was not a thing in Japan. Correct. Like they they just didn't accept it. Yes. Is it the same with the Xbox One? Do you find those games, or is is it a non thing? <laughs> like they are there. On, on like a yes or no scale, but as far as how much attention they get, nowhere near as much right. as like PS3 or PS4. So it's all about Sony and Nintendo products. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, like there's, there's still a lot of attention on PS Vita in, in Japan. Huge amounts of attention there. Um, so you've still got like a lot of new releases for Japan coming out on Vita. And it's really easy to find a PS Vita console, like the first or second revision, find Vita memory cards, which are basically impossible to find here. Um, like, it's so easy to find that stuff. Get on to PSN, download games onto your new 32 gig memory stick. They're still kind of expensive compared yeah. to SD cards, but you can find one for a reasonable price that has been like gouged up beyond recognition. Mm. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's such a different vibe. And the, the Xbox games in particular, because I found some original Xbox and Xbox 360, it's weird that they like there's enough of them to be floating around in like secondhand stores, like special editions. Like, I found Fable 3 Limited Edition and Halo 3 Limited Edition and Perfect Dark Zero. Those were the three ones on 360 that I found that were Japanese 360 games. Why on earth were there enough made of those that they are still in secondhand stores? Yeah. It's it's just... Because as, like, everyone knows, no one in Japan cares about Xbox. Yeah. Never has. Probably never will. That's weird. interesting. Yeah. I heard it's because... I don't know if this is, like, mm. the real reason, but this is what I read somewhere. Mm. Uh, Reputable. It's because Bill Gates went over to launch the Xbox personally. He, that was he did the a big, why? He that, did that a big presentation. Why? Yeah. But when he did it, he he was being all salesman like about it. Like mm. he was pitching them, like, "Hey, this is why Xbox is great. This is why you should buy Xbox." And apparently, the Japanese people didn't like that sort of self assured bravado. They they they're more used to people being. Um, kind of more not not timid but like a bit more reserved when they're trying to make a pitch yes. you know like it's more polite or something i can appreciate why that might be sort of a, a position for them to take the you, you say they like the the japanese audience doesn't really like that idea of someone being so headstrong i suppose yeah um you say that but ken kuraragi who had worked on the ps3 had this perfect quote that will go down in history it is I want people to want a PlayStation 3 because you recall how expensive they were when they came out. Oh, yeah, like $1,000. Like $1,000 in Australia. It was insane. Um, I want people to want a PS3 so bad they will get a second job or they will work longer hours. It is insane that an executive at a company like Sony said, you're going to work longer to get this thing. He went on the public record saying that? Wow. Yes. 
Um, the that's <laughs> that right. Sucks. That's a stance to me. Yeah. Um, it, I think the reason why the audience didn't really get on board with or the Japanese audience didn't get on board with Xbox quite as much was because Sony is a Japanese company. Yeah. Nintendo is a Japanese company. Uh-huh. Xbox is not. Xbox at the very beginning didn't really have an appreciation of what makes companies or what makes the games yeah. successful in Japan. And they had a few experiments. They they kind of tried stuff out, but it didn't really hit the mark. And mm. that just kind of plagued them through Xbox Original into 360 into Xbox One. Yeah. I guess it's hard to shake, um, you know, all of the, the lead that Nintendo and Sony have had over the yeah, years. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Um, well, I mean, it's it's difficult to shake lead no matter where you are, right? Like, the PS4 was out, out, out the door internationally had a massive lead on Xbox Xbox One, yeah. right? And that has maintained over the last four years. That's true. Yeah. Well, uh, speaking of Japanese mm-hmm. stuff, uh, we were just listening to songs taken from the soundtrack to Persona 3 Dancing, Dancing Moon Knight. Now, that's an upcoming game. Yes, so the uh, English name is going to be Persona 3 Dancing in Moonlight. Mm-hmm. Um, it is a essentially a rhythm game. Uh, you are playing through songs, through areas as characters from Persona 3 and Persona 5. There was originally a uh, Persona 4 version, which was Persona 4... Think, Dancing All Night. Dancing All Night. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what it was called. Um, and that was just on Vita, I think, uh, at least locally. It might have been released on PS4 in Japan. Uh, Persona 3 and 5 are getting the dancing treatment locally as well and that'll be happening sometime next year um, I actually bought a copy of that but I haven't booted it up yet so let's see if I can trip through the, the, yeah. the Japanese menus to get into <laughs> the game properly now I've got to ask you hmm. uh, about the the gender politics within the Persona series mm, yes so Persona 4 which is my favourite Persona game yes love it absolutely love it, it basically it's a a social simulator mixed with a, da- uh, a dungeon crawler it's so what you wish you were done in high school. Yeah, yeah, so you're a high school student. You sort of uh, be dropped into this sleepy local rural area. Definitely, And yeah. you've got to sort of start up a new life there. So you're with your, your uncle or your dad's mate or something, and he's put you up, and you've got to go to school and make new friends and things like that. And you actually have to go around and do all that stuff. You've got to go to class. You've got to choose who to speak to, choose how you're going to spend your time, yeah. what hobbies you're going to do, yeah. what extracurricular activities you're going to These do. These are all genuine concerns that you have in actual life. Yeah, and you build up the relationships yeah. and um, there's this mystery that sort of develops as the game goes on and it's that someone's abducting people mm. and pulling them into this... In, into the TV. Into the TV world, yeah. into the supernatural, other upside-down like world and uh, murdering them. And so you and your 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 friends have to do a, like a Scooby-Doo Buffy the yeah, Vampire Yeah, it is kind very of, much Scooby-Doo, that's they, right. They yeah. get a little gang together and they go out investigating. It's, it's really fun. It's really cool. Mm. You've got the secret life that you're balancing with your mundane life, and uh, which is actually like a really sort of picture-perfect recreation of what it would be like to, to live in a in a rural Japanese area because you yeah. know, you've got all the, all the references and, and all that stuff. And it, it's very immersive and it's very cool. However... Um, there's there's just one big problem I've got with the game. Yeah. And that is the fact... We have a few problems, but there's one big one. There's there's one big one, yeah. yeah. So, basically, all of the characters have to face their shadow selves. Mm. And so they have to go in and they do the dungeon. And at the end, it's like... It's their uh, counterpart, their evil counterpart. And each of... And they have to defeat that person to sort of, you know, to get onto the next stage of the game. Um 
for example, the the shy girl who's the daughter of an innkeeper and things Nanako? like that. Um, I can't remember her name. Yukiko. Yukiko. Uh, she's got a wild side that she has to sort of defeat and reconcile that within herself, yes. right? And then you've got um, the teen idol that is re- really confident yep. on the on the surface and very outgoing, but has this kind of shy, sensitive side mm. that she hasn't really come to terms with. And so you have to defeat that in order to progress. Now, there's this one character called Kanji who's a biker, and he's, like, really tough. He's badass. He, he insults people. He's got a really tough exterior. Um, but he has a kind of... Uh, very feminine, verging on sort of homoerotic tendencies. Yeah, I got the the gay lisp and sort of the works uh, when when this is when he sort of confronts his shadow self mm. and this this sort of alter ego character comes across as very very flamboyant it's and expressive. Camp, and, yeah, camp and that is that is word. sort of a kind of offensive in it in itself. Um, but it was a really good opportunity to have him reconcile his sexuality with himself. Yep. And because all of the other characters, they face their shadow self and then um, the game sort of says that it's okay. That's meaningful character development. To have a duality to yeah. your character. And it's okay if you're um, supposed to be confident that to have a shy side or even mm. introvert, you can have an extroverted personality. But Kanji um, never gets that reconciliation. He, he sort of, he rejects the notion that his other self, his his homosexual side, yeah. could be actually a part of him, and it, the game kind of treats it as a joke from then. Yeah, it's on. like a running gag from then on. Yeah, yeah. it's like ha ha, Kanji's gay. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's that's the punchline. <laughs> and it was such a really good opportunity, and it, it really sticks out because you know, the rest of the other characters yeah. uh, get get to have that resolution. So yeah, there is there, that's the big problem with with yeah. that game. It's see, I never got far enough into Persona Four to actually experience that myself, sort of like in the flash, to be able to see those characters um, develop to the point where you really do develop that that sense of connection with them. Because I I did that a little bit more so in Persona Three and in Persona Five, um, but Persona Four kind of got past me. Um, I think it's when you're talking about sort of games as a product of culture, you need to think about the context in in a big way and if you think about sort of queer representation in games or just in media across the board, um, it's kind of difficult to think back 10 years to 2008. Was it 2008 when that came out? Yeah. Yeah. 10 years ago, um, it was a very, very different uh, sort of landscape, I think, cultural landscape. And it stuck out then and it still sticks out now for different reasons. Then it was like, oh, wow, there's a gay character. Whereas now it's like, wow, they didn't really... They didn't give it the attention it deserved, I think, mm. um, as as a topic within the context of the game. And you can you can sort of read a little bit more into this, and I definitely recommend you do um, going online and, and hearing uh, people like Troy Baker, who had who had voiced Kanji in the US re, uh, release, how they had kind of approached this because Atlas JP had never actually acknowledged that he was actually gay. That was, they never admitted that. They were like, oh, well, you know, we'll leave it up to your sort of imagination. It's hard not to think that mm. when they, they're, they're quite so uh, sort of deliberate about making his alter ego character like that. But yeah, thinking back 10 years, it, it was an interesting sort of stumble, I think, early on as far as social issues in games. Yeah. 10 years ago, that didn't, really, that didn't really exist. Games were games and the social issues and the political commentary that we see so much in the industry now wasn't really there. 
Yeah. It was it was there was very much like a church and state a church and state wall. Um whereas now that the, the it's sort of everything's a gray area. Yeah. I think it's I think that's a lot more fun to sort of traverse as someone experiencing games and listening to games coverage online. Um hopefully on Four Triple Z one oh two point one I found more on the community radio network through Z games. But um I don't know, I I just find that really exciting. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Well, a lot of ground has been broken, especially over the last five or so years, by mm. independent game developers yeah. who uh, use games as a form of self-expression to sort of uh, make comments or or to that say something about so, like social, social political. What is the um, commentary? Yep, commentary. That's the yeah, word. that's right. Beautiful. Um, and it's. I think we're in a position now where we might see like the big game developers follow suit and um, you know make some commentary. Well, or... I mean, The Last of Us Part Two's come out and um, they've got gays there, mm-hmm. right? I forgot her name because I haven't played The Last of Us Part Ellie. One. Ellie, Ellie, yeah. Um, and then I think Ubisoft have come out with some of their games and they're like, hey, you can. I think it's Assassin's Creed Odyssey, and they're like, you have the opportunity to pursue male and female. Uh, characters in the game, regardless of your gender. Okay, I didn't know that. That's cool. Might have gotten, might have been someone like another game in, in Ubisoft's bag, but yeah, I, I think that we're seeing those opportunities come more and more to the forefront. Um, yeah, we're still not great on stuff like female leads in games because every single time, if you look into the numbers, it's quite upsetting. Yeah, uh, it's not great, but yeah, it's an ongoing thing, right? It is, but I think you know, it it is inching closer to mm. a place where where I think it's going to be good. Uh, which is ideally a place where ever, anyone can pick up a game and just feel like that game is for them. I mean, there's always going to be games that are targeted for different demographics, yeah. but, um, you know, going back 20, 30 years when all games were for, like, you know, straight, yeah. white, Like sort of the, through the early, mid-90s, that kind of happened, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it it would be great to to for everyone to play a game and at least not feel like they're so being excluded or yeah. alienated or targeted or being the butt of a joke. Mm. So yeah. I think, you know, it's good that we're having this conversation. I yeah. think it's good that it's ha- happening within the media as well. It's very important. Um, and I wish we could keep having this conversation, Ray. It's, I feel like I feel like I'm lying down on the couch telling you about my childhood, you know, like kicking kick my feet up on the desk. We can do that afterwards. We can actually do that, sure. Um, hopefully I'm not paying you an hourly rate <laughs> for that. But um, that's pretty much all we have time for this week on the show. Thank you so much for hanging out. Yeah, we'll, we'll see you soon. Bye.